Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Cullen. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Sam, I'm better than normal. So we have a wrestling pay-per-view tonight. Uh, It's the second one in a row where I don't have work the next day. Uh, Thank you, President's Day and MLK's birthday uh, and bank holidays being a thing. So I I got that going for me, which is nice. The AAF is happening. The Orlando Apollos, (laughs) my Orlando Apollos, who I have uh, completely latched on to, are 2-0. They got a win tonight. Oh, wow. Yeah, against uh, San Antonio. So they're kicking ass, and the game was fun. Like It was a really good high-scoring game. Uh, yeah, time, times are good. Times are really good right now in the offseason, Sam, and, uh, and I know you're doing well as, uh, also. Yeah, no, so as I should say, we are a part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Uh, you are listening to Welcome to Perfectville. Um, yeah, I, you know what? For the first time in probably a couple of months, I'm pretty excited about football, and in particular Miami Dolphins football. Um, mm. I'm not sure how much I can reveal. You know what I'm talking about. We'll, we'll get into oh, yeah. it here in just a little <laughs> bit, but... Um, there's been a little bit of a malaise here when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. Now, it's not like we haven't had news. Obviously, we have a new head coach. Um, we are getting rid of our franchise quarterback, as we've talked about in previous episodes. Uh, we're getting ready for the draft. We've got the combine just around the corner. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. We're going to have the schedule revealed before too long here, I think in April, if not May. There's a lot of good stuff, so maybe that's why I'm a little bit hyped. But uh, the main reason I'm hyped here, Chris, is that... Yeah. I'll just say this for all the citizens of Perfectville. If you are at a hotel or if you're at home or if you're at a friend's house and there is a hot tub, just Mm. a hot tub, I don't care if it's plugged in or not, preferably if it's plugged in, it it, it helps. Go get in that hot tub. Just go get in that hot tub because you never know who's going to sit in the hot tub next to you. You never know what type of conversation you're going to strike up. All I think most of the world's problems could probably be created and ended with a hot tub meeting of some sort. Um, <clears throat> I won't get into it for too long here, but uh, I think as most people know, I do stand-up comedy, and I'm actually just back from the road. I'm, I'm sitting in my house right now, and uh, I just got back from uh, Palm Springs, so Indio to be to be exact, and I did three shows with that fan who... Uh, anybody who follows comedy knows that he was the original winner of Last Comic Standing. Real good guy, had great shows, but that's not the story here. The story is I go down to the hot tub uh, with, with my girlfriend just to kind of relax before the Saturday night shows here. And there's an old man, uh, and I use that term affectionately, but he's an, he's older than me. I'll put it that way. He's an older older than me man. And uh, he starts talking to me a little bit. He's like, and he hears me talking about the shows. And he's like, oh, you're in the entertainment business. And I said, well, yeah, you know, I do comedy. And he goes, oh, and you're on tour. I'm like, sort of, kind of. And uh, come to find out, you know, after some poking and prodding, this guy is a singer himself. Not only is he a singer, um, but he's not doing like, you know, 
sports bars and dive bars type singers. This is an international recording artist who uh, has sold many, many records, has made millions of dollars off of his voice. Um, he is a is a huge name when it comes to music. And uh, he asked me not to use his name here, Chris. Uh, you know who it is. I talked to you about it. Um, yes. But the weird thing about this is as we're talking, I, I mentioned that we have a podcast called Welcome to Perfectville, and it's about the Miami Dolphins. And he starts kind of laughing, and he goes and gets his phone, and he picks up the phone, and he and he calls somebody. And I'm thinking, well, this guy's rude. He's probably calling, like, other, I don't know, Patriots fans or something. I'm assuming he's a <laughs> Patriots fan because as soon as he finds out I'm, I'm, you know, loosely associated with the Miami Dolphins with regards to a podcast, he starts laughing. Um, no, that's not the case at all. He he actually called um, a very prominent member uh, of the Miami Dolphins family. I, I'm talking a name that every Dolph fan would would know in a heartbeat, and mm. just hands me the phone and is like, "So and so wants to talk to you." What? So. Yeah, and 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 I'm just kind of dumbfounded. Again, I'm like naked in the hot tub with this guy, and he hands me his phone, and I'm talking to this guy from the Miami Dolphins. That again, every Dolphin, every citizen of Perfectville would know who it is if I would reveal his name, which I will not. Um, and I, and I had like a five to ten minute conversation uh, about a bunch of stuff, a lot of a lot of fun stuff, things that got me excited about the Miami Dolphins um, for past, present, and future. But uh, it. it <laughs> It was weird, Chris, because I told you the story off the air, but uh, about a minute into this conversation with this individual, I, I immediately turned the story to Cody Parkey, and we start talking about <laughs> our former kicker, Cody As Parkey. Cody Parkey. Yeah, so uh, I, yeah, I, I go, hey, man, Cody Parkey's amazing, right? And he's like, dude, that guy's great. He was great for us when he was on the Browns. He was great for us when he was with us, and he was great for us when he was with the Miami Dolphins, or uh, with the uh, Chicago Bears. So uh, this, this was, bizarre... Was he ever not with the Miami Dolphins, honestly, no. I think he's a secret agent, man. No, that's what I. That's what I. I told this person. I said this guy has more game-winning kicks, kicking for other teams for the Miami Dolphins than he does when he <laughs> was actually with the Miami Dolphins, and we thank Cody Parkey for that. But yeah, it was it was a bizarre, bizarre, just experience. So I get off the phone with this this person. And I'm talking to the guy in the hot tub, and he just starts name dropping all these other, you know, like sports here. He basically name drops my entire childhood, Chris. Oh, I know wow. this person. I know that person. Oh, I'm doing this with this guy. I'm doing this with that guy. And he's calling and he's texting these people, and they're picking up the phone. They're taking his phone calls. What? And I'm just sitting there, like again, he he's like in his in his swim shorts. I'm in my swim shorts, and I'm just like what's what's happening right now how is this my life i gotta go get ready for a show uh and meanwhile he's just pulling all of these like hall of fame sports hall of fame names uh musicians everything man he's this guy's this guy knows everyone it was crazy and uh i'm sitting over there like well do you want to meet dat fan the first winner of last comic standing i could i could totally hook <laughs> you up if you want like that's the only name i could bring to the table at this point um, but you, you know all the individual players that I'm talking about because I talked to you about yes. it off the air. Uh, how crazy is that? I, again, always get in the hot tub if you have an opportunity to get into the hot tub. Well, I uh, I once met Seth McKinney and Josh Heupel in a hot tub when I was <laughs> um, not bragging, by the way, uh, in, in uh, a baseball tournament when I was in middle school, I think like 2001. Two on two, something like that, uh, in the Rolling Hills Country Club in Pembroke Pines, Florida. They're there for training camp, and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. But this, I know the story, and Sam, I gotta say, these are. Let me just preface, I guess, or really 
drill down uh, what you're saying. So obviously you got to be a little bit secretive of who you're talking about and whom you spoke with. Right. Um, but social media is going to be exciting after this because uh, – after our show drops because everybody's going to be guessing. Um, this isn't the uh, you know counter guy that sells hot dogs at the Miami Dolphins Stadium. No. Like this is a very big name who <laughs> just randomly – was on a cell phone with you. Like this guy in the hot tub, by the way, uh, that just knows this person said, here you go. Get on the phone. And kudos to you. Cause like, I mean, who can just randomly spur the moment, have a conversation a with this person. Who's a very big shot with the team you love and you host a podcast for, which we have done for years, literally. Right. And, um, all of a sudden you're on the phone with this guy in a hot tub. Kudos to you for being able to even keep a conversation without being a stuttering asshole. But I mean, I guess that's what you do. You talk on stage, you talk on the microphone, you you got it down pat, but good Lord, you're talking to this guy and these celebrities and these ball players you're talking about, this is big shit. It's not like, like the third string guy, Jason Capono, for the Miami Heat, like these, <laughs> these are real stars that have their names in high prominent areas that uh, has connections with this yep. person, and you spoke to him. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about the future as well because holy shit, man, this is this is big, and I can't wait to uh, hear everybody talk about it and guess who it could be because this is gonna be fun. Well, and the thing is, I mean, we, we we spoke about a lot of things, and there might be some fun things to reveal down the road. Yeah, um, that I'm not going to I'm not going to jinx it right now. I'm, I'm going to knock on yep. some wood knock because, on wood. Yeah. you never know. You never know. But uh, it was it was bizarre, man. It was it, it was just kind of like I said, it was just kind of sitting there like, how is this even happening um, right now? And, and well, put it this way. When you texted me last night, uh, Charlotte and I have just and I know I'm going to get shit on for this. but We just started watching The Shield like oh, shit. It, it's shit a on great, them. great show. Great show. I've known I've always wanted to watch it, and finally we get on Hulu. We're like, fuck it. Let's start it, and it's fantastic. We've watched the first season, 13 episodes, in a night, and you texted me, and I literally gasped and paused the show, like mid-episode seven maybe, and Charlotte's like, what? My wife is like, what? What is? What would ever come through your phone <laughs> right now to where you'd pause this show that we are so into, binge-watching? And then I just started reading down your text. I'm like, Sam's in a hot tub with XXX, and he's on the phone with blah, blah, blah. And what the fuck? You got yeah. invited to what, what, what? Yep. Like, it was fucking incredible. Like, you te- you're just like and, – and here's the funny thing, Sam. You'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this because we've obviously been uh, close and talking for a long time. You don't ever text me and say, dude. Right. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> like, you, that's not how you ever – start a conversation you're normally like hey man so let's talk about the show or let's do this like there's always like a paragraph involved you're just like dude guess what just fucking happened like and i knew that meant business because it was insane i can't believe what what actually happened to you the other night that's just nuts well then like you know the and this guy like i said he's a musician right and he's been in the industry a very long time um you know and and again i'm not going to reveal too much because i think it people would start to be able to connect the dots here but All I know is that I'm on stage later at 10 o'clock, and he tells me, and he goes, oh, oh, you, you, got, a, you got a show tonight. I go, yeah. And he goes, well, look, my, you know, we're down for like four days. We're, not, we're, we're going on tour again in a couple of days. I'm just going to bring the band, and uh, we'll, we'll come to your show. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, I'm on stage, and I see him walk, because he wasn't there when the, when the show started, right? And I'm like, okay, he's not going to show up. And then uh, 
I'm sitting on stage, and all of a sudden, the back of the club just opens up because we're inside of a casino, and uh, the back of the club just opens up, and you can hear for half a second, you know, the the chaos that is the, a casino environment. And he just walks in and sits down and just enjoys himself the rest of the show. And it was just like, Jesus. wow, what a, what a weird, weird, um, bizarre sort of right time, right place moment here. Well, and normally with anything like that, Sam, like anybody in human history has been through life. Somebody will go, oh, yeah, sounds good. Maybe I'll check it out. They never check it out. No, I don't. And he, he did. He checked yeah. it out. He came to your show. That's that's a big fucking deal. This guy sounds like he's a man of his word. I really like him. And I'm, I am hope to meet him one day. This guy sounds cool as shit. Yeah, and, and the thing is, here's the other thing. So I'm, I'm performing at the, uh, the comedy club inside the casino. They also have a special events center. And uh, this is not the musician that I'm talking about in this story. But Snoop Dogg was actually... Actually performing at the same time that I'm on stage. Last I wish night. you're in a hot tub with Snoop Dogg. Oh no, I would have. I would have texted it immediately and sent it out and be like, I, I don't care if I get thrown out of here right now. I'm taking this picture. But uh, no, but Snoop Dogg was there last night as well. So my my night was me performing uh, for these. Uh, uh, stoned people who left the Snoop Dogg concert and for the poor people who couldn't afford Snoop Dogg tickets and then got my tickets on Groupon or wherever they got them from and came and watched my show. But in the middle of all this is a guy that nobody even recognized but is a big name in the music industry that basically, you know, dumbfounded me a couple of hours earlier in the hot tub and then Snoop Dogg's like next door. I mean, it was just a, I'm like, okay, what this a weird is, night. This is a weird night. I, I got to go to bed. It's not going to get any better than this. I'm not gambling. I'm not drinking. I'm going to bed because there's uh, there's nothing else I can really talk about with regards to uh, my life getting any stranger or better in that moment. So it was it was it sounds like a dream. Some of yeah. have like, honestly, I, it's a, it's not like a normal daily occurrence, like it, which which is exactly par for the course. When you texted me, you're just like, dude, like you're not going to. Ble- and, and what did you tell me off air? You said you're glad your girlfriend was there because you yeah. do, I wouldn't believe this. Like, I'm yeah. not going to believe this. What happened to you? That's how crazy it was. No, I made her sign an affidavit like, you know, <laughs> this actually happened. You know what I mean? Because the I don't want to have NDA agreement. Like yeah. she has to <laughs> she... disclose what happened if Chris asks because yeah. he's not going to believe it. Yeah, it's a, it's an ADA all disclosure agreement. Like she has to like before she even introduces her her herself by her name, she's got to tell this story to people. Um, Chris, yeah. it's true. Hi, I'm yeah. Sam's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little bizarre, as as I said. So it was fun, and I know that everyone's probably pissed off because they're like, "Oh my god, just tell us who." No, all will be revealed down the road. Uh, I promise you that one way or another, I will reveal who it is. Um, and, and and who I was talking to, but uh, for now, no, I'm going to respect everyone's privacy and and you know hope for the best because uh, I'd like to see some things happen. Um, <clears throat> speaking of hoping for the best here, Chris, we do have an actual episode where we're going to talk about actual Miami Dolphins news. Uh, but before we get into that, I did want to bring up uh, just uh, Dolphins Ray, uh, Dolphin Ray, I should say. Uh, he's given us like five star reviews and a couple of different uh, comments throughout the years on Apple Podcasts, and uh, he gave me another one here based on our last podcast that we had where we were talking about the dumb bad luck of Kyler Murray, who uh, was drafted by the Oakland A's, and if he decides to go to football, which he has now decided he is going to go to football, chances are he's going to go to a bad team like the Miami Dolphins. And you think, what did this poor kid do to get drafted by a shitty team like the Oakland Athletics and possibly a shitty team like the Miami Dolphins? And um, just made me laugh, Dolphin Ray, kudos to you. He says, my sources tell me Kyler Murray has has stated emphatically that if the Dolphins draft him, he will become a dentist and practice in North Korea, Uh, (laughs) which would probably be a better career move than being the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins or a pitcher for the Oakland Athletics. So uh, kudos to you, Dolphin Ray. You got a chuckle out of myself and the two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Chris Cullen. Yes, sir. That's good stuff, yeah. Um, 
that's the best. I mean, we talked about it last episode, but that's the worst part about being a very good player is that you more than likely are getting drafted by a bad team. Because if you're good, you're getting drafted high, and the teams with high draft picks are not good teams. Unless it's just this random thing like where Peyton Manning missed one season and the Colts lucked into Andrew Luck. Right. Um, you know, things like that. That's That's definitely the exception, not the rule. But normally you're getting drafted by a pretty mediocre to bad team. However we've been bad for so long it's got to change i mean the browns are looking up in, in, out of all teams so hopefully we're next on the block too so who knows what's going to happen but good stuff by dolphin right that is, that is fucking hilarious well and that is the 2019 draft whether we get kyler murray or somebody else we got to hit some home runs we got to have some booms and no busts when it comes to the 2019 draft the first draft for Chris Greer is fully in charge and Coach Flo, Brian Flores, is now the head coach. So we'll start to see his vision as regards to player, personnel, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not here to talk about the 2019 NFL draft, Chris. What you and I are here to talk about is not sitting in a hot tub uh, with with random people that turn out to maybe uh, change your life on one one level or another. We're here to talk about the 2018 NFL draft. So Ooh. as you know, Chris, um, it usually takes about three years. That's the rule of thumb as to whether you can judge somebody as a boom or a bust um, when it comes to being a player in the NFL. You want to give them that three-year period to adjust to the pro game, uh, see how they figure it out, how they assimilate, and then go from there. We're not going to do that. We're actually going to just jump the gun here. We're going to get under that rule of thumb, and we're going to run with a one-year judgment panel here between you and myself we're calling this the boomer bust 2018 review of the miami dolphins draft class and we're just going to go from first the first round all the way through the seventh round we're not going to deal with the undrafted free agents we're not going to deal with anybody who was not drafted by the miami dolphins in 2018 so uh we're, we're talking about of course the minka fitzpatrick's of the world the mike gasicki's etc etc and uh, what we're doing here chris as you know we're going to talk about what they did uh, how they performed, what our thoughts are on them, and whether they're a boom or a bust. Now, that if they are a bust, that does not mean that we want them cut and off this team. It just means that that first season as a rookie, uh, they didn't live up to those expectations that you know maybe that are out there. And if they're a boom, it doesn't mean that they're the best player of all time. It just means that maybe they lived up to those expectations or exceeded them uh, based on where we thought they would be before the season and then how they performed during the season. Uh, anything you want to add, Chris? No, it sounds good. I love breaking down uh, way too early speculation about our rookie class. It's the best way and the only way to really do it. I mean, this is why we <laughs> are the experts at this, because we uh, we jump to conclusions, but we jump higher and farther than anyone else when it comes to those conclusions. So with that being said, we're going to go with Minka Fitzpatrick, the first pick of the Miami Dolphins in 2018. He was a cornerback slash safety, spent most of his time, I think, playing cornerback. Uh, for the most part, but he played in all 16 games, uh, obviously out of Alabama. He started 11 of those games. He had two interceptions. He had, one of those was a pick six that he was able to bring back. He had nine passes defensed. He had 80 tackles, 51 of which were solo. Um, off the top of your head here, Chris, uh, boom or bust, Minka Fitzpatrick? <laughs> uh, uh, boom, A+. plus. I mean, this guy is uh, our future. He is the cornerstone of our defense. For the next 10 years plus, I hope, uh, if all things work out correctly. Brian Flores joining the team with a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, he probably salivates thinking of this guy of coaching and schemes and what he can do with him. He can blitz. He can defend the run. He can cover. He can play safety. He can play corner. He's just all things that you want for a first-round pick. And it feels very good, other than Laramie Tunzel, um, <clears throat> who's very solid in his own right. Minka was just a home run uh, 
we knew it was going to happen. It started working out the way it did with a QB heavy class that we were sitting pretty last year in the draft to get a really solid player, either a Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, and it worked out. Minka is just, I mean, he literally single-handedly won us a couple of games with some yeah. big stops. I, I remember the Tennessee game very um, vi- vibrantly, which it was an eight-hour uh, affair because of the lightning delays and things like that. He made tackle after tackle solo on the field in a big stage as a rookie. Uh, huge boom. Huge boom. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that Mika Fitzpatrick lived up to the hype that the Miami Dolphins had and the Citizens had for him coming into this season. I mean, there were times where he absolutely stood out, and that's hard to do when you are the guy that everyone is looking at right. and you still step up and, and do what you're supposed to do. I mean, I was super impressed with his open field tackling, especially early in the season. Um, the guy's just a ball hawk. He, he knows what he's supposed to do, and he goes out and he does it. Um, he is a bona fide leader already, I think, going into year two. Um, he's going to be a guy that we start to rely on. I think you're going to start to see a scheme on defense uh, with Mika Fitzpatrick in mind. So I agree with you. I think he's a boom. I think he he met expectations, which were pretty lofty. And uh, I will give Adam Gase and his team credit last year for standing pat where they were and letting Minka fall to them. I know he wanted a quarterback, uh, and we, uh, here we are looking for a quarterback in 2019, but getting Minka Fitzpatrick was not a bad thing. It was a very good thing, and he is uh, not only um, – played at the level that we thought he could play at, but he helps shore up the defensive backfield, which has a lot of talent when you look at Xavier Howard and Rashad Jones and the likes. So uh, he's just been a, a credit and an absolute boom as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and again, you add in Brian Flores, who um, you know comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Minka was coached by Nick Saban, comes from the same tree in college, and now you're going to take him and you know you got a disciplined guy that's going to listen. He's a team first person that's who Brian Flores just preached over and over again in his opening press conference who he wants as a player and Minka is going to be that guy he's literally uh the queen on the chessboard uh for for this defense and Brian Flores is going to use it to his advantage yeah well moving into round two of the 2018 draft we also moved on to the offensive side of the ball another guy that fell into our laps quite literally and uh we were super excited to get and that of course is Mike Gesicki tight end uh, 23 years old. He played in all 16 games, started seven of them, only had 22 receptions for 202 yards. Uh, that's about 9.2 yards per reception. Um, man, only 12 yards per the game, uh, per game. He also had what? I believe he had a fumble, and uh, his catch percentage was only 68.8%. He had 32 targets, only 22 receptions. Uh, really was not good when it came to blocking. I mean, there were a couple of games, I think even in Game 2 against the Jets, if I'm not mistaken, where he was just getting beat by children out there. I mean, I think the Jets <laughs> players' kids dressed up in their peewee outfit and were able to get around him, shed that block, and, and sack Ryan Tannehill. So um, he was not drafted to be that blocking tight end. We all knew that that was going to be a weakness. He was drafted to be that seam-ripping, you know, uh, Rob Gronkowski type, if you will, that can go out there, catch the ball, and really just stretch the defense. Uh, what say you, Chris? Boom or bust, Mike Gesicki, round two, 2018 draft. Yeah, I'm not going to call him a bust yet. I'm definitely not going to say he's a boom. I mean, it was a very mediocre season. We did talk, however, after he was drafted on the show, that tight end, rookie tight ends normally don't have good years. Like, it's just not – it doesn't translate quickly for that position, uh, especially for what he wanted to do. Um, a lot of that might be Adam Gase. A lot of that might be the uh, protections that we had in place and the injuries that we had on our receivers, That w- what we needed from him. 
the one thing that just stood out to me was that he just looked awkward when he yeah. did catch the ball. Like I know he had these insane measurables of fast 40, avert, and his, his standing broad jump and things like that were all just off the charts. But when you see him on the field during the game, he looked like he was running in quicksand a little bit, to be honest. And he was kind of lanky and odd looking. I think it's just the game's going to slow down for him a little bit and things are going to get better. But uh, he's a good guy to have. I, would I go back and change it in the second round? Not necessarily. I'm not saying he's a bust yet, but um, hopefully – um, you know, the, O'Shea, who we got from the from the Patriots, who obviously knows how to use a tight end with Rob Gronkowski and guys before him. Hopefully, we'll get the most out of this guy because he's he's got peak talent. We just got to see see it on the field. He's a bust, and uh, he's, he's a bust uh, for again. I'm I'm talking this first season. He was picked 42nd overall. He was not the 42nd best rookie uh, of this class. He wasn't even in the the top 50. I would argue to say he wasn't even in the top 100. He's a bust. Uh, he 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 had he had some problems holding on to the ball when he was on the field and caught the ball. He did look lanky and weird. He could not block to save his life. And I think the most significant thing that he had all season long was that Thursday night game against the Texans when he caught the ball for like 18 yards and. And then he got hit and he spun and I think he's still spinning like a dreidel um, and that happened on national TV I mean the guy just did not play or perform anywhere where he should have or at least where we thought he would and you're right we did talk about how tight ends typically don't have great rookie seasons and we thought that it would take him some time to actually get you know uh, used to the NFL and become a viable target later in the year it didn't happen and now not everything is is in his control obviously Ryan Tannehill going down uh, did not help things we had a lot of controversy throughout the season again um, those things affect rookies probably more so than veterans on, on, on many levels. But uh, if, if you're talking boom or bust, Chris, I, I'm not going to pussyfoot around it. He was a bust for us in uh, 2018. Now, again, does that mean I get rid of Mike Kosicki? I don't. I, I think he's got a lot of talent. Like you said, his his peak is way up there. He's got to climb that mountain and go touch that peak. But uh, at this point, he's nowhere near it. So I'm hoping that uh, with the regime change and maybe some – I don't know if he's got to get bigger or if he's got to get smaller. I really don't know what he's got to do, but hopefully somebody who's paid money to tell him what to do can figure that out, and uh, he can be that boom player going into his second season. Yeah, I mean, you, you make a good point. Obviously, I was talking a little bit more about uh, longevity of his career, but when you go from a Minka Fitzpatrick who's literally changing games from his play uh, to the next pick, that's quite irrelevant. Um, Darren Smythe had bigger yards I think, and, and some of the catches I've saw from him and did more in, in O'Leary, Nick O'Leary, who was like literally just a free agent signing. So when you put all that into perspective, yeah, Gusecki was a huge bust when it comes to this season right. that just passed. You're right. You're absolutely right. Well, and that's all we're talking about is this past season, boom or bust, whether they were good or not. And I think Mike Gesicki could have been much better. And I think if he was looking at himself in the mirror, he would probably say the same thing. No yeah. arm, no foul. It's behind us. It doesn't mean we hate the guy. We like the guy. We want him to succeed. We want him to be a boom next year. So so before anybody calls me and says, hey, what the hell are you doing trashing this team? Uh, that's where we're going with that. But uh, speaking of rookies, uh, out of round two into round three is where we got a guy named Jerome Baker. My Outside man. linebacker, uh, number nine pick of the third round, number 73 overall, uh, played in all 16 games again. I mean, one of the things that you can say about this team, uh, Mike Kosicki as well, they were healthy for the most part as rookies, but uh, started 11 of those 16 games that he played and had an interception for a touchdown. He had three passes defensed. He, uh, I believe he actually uh, 
had three sacks, 79 tackles, 57 solo, 22 assists, four that were tackles for loss. What are your thoughts on Jerome Baker, boom or bust, round three for the Miami Dolphins in 2018? Huge boom. Huge yep. boom. I mean, this guy, just every time he was on the field, showed up and did something. Yeah, there was a couple lapses here or there. But for a rookie, 80 tackles, three sacks, pick six. Like, if you told me those stats when we drafted him out of Ohio State and all the things that people said, he's undersized, he's not going to make it in the NFL – he just shit all over him. And uh, the thing I like the most about this guy, and it was very recent, I, even yesterday I think it was, he tweeted, uh, retweeted a picture that showed him as one of the top few linebacker, rookie linebackers in the NFL. He was maybe top three or four, and he said, not good enough. I need to get back to work. Mm. Like that's the fucking guy I want on my defense. He expects better from him. He wasn't at the top of the list, and instead of saying, hey, I'm top five, woohoo, yay me, pat on the back, he said, that's not good enough. I need to be better, and he's going to work. And you watch his videos on Twitter. He's working out already in the offseason. This guy was a huge boom. Those numbers uh, are only going to get better from here. With his speed and, and athleticism, it, he's going to only get better from here. He's a huge boom. No, I agree, and I think he's going to be an anchor point if he isn't already of the linebacking core going forward. I kind of said the same thing about Minka as a defensive backfield. I, this is our guy. This is our guy for the linebackers uh, until somebody comes and takes that crown away from him. It's not Kiko Alonso. It sure as hell isn't Raekwon McMillan. It's this guy, Jerome Baker. He is the uh, the playmaker, if you will. And, you know, he started a little slow. He was a little rough here and there. I think he, he flashed really, really early, and then he seemed to hit some sort of like freshman wall, rookie wall, and then he came back strong at the end of the year again so yeah. I was uh, I was very impressed with him you know I, I think he was better than the third round draft uh, pick that we used on him I mean I think he was probably much more of a second or late first rounder I think if you get that type of production out of uh, somebody like that then then you would be pleased I mean shit if we got half this production out of uh, uh, that that, that freaking bust Sasquatch loving guy that we got a couple years ago Charles Davis or whatever the hell his name is at defensive end um, we'd be happy so <laughs> Charles no, Harris. He, Charles Harris what did I say Charles Davis Davis yeah, yeah. Charles Harris like, oh, like the CBS announcer like yeah. what well he's a bust too I don't like that <laughs> but uh, no, but no, but he's a boom. Absolutely, one hundred percent. We agree there. Uh, moving into round four, the first of two picks in round four. Pick number twenty-three of round four, number one twenty-three overall. You alluded to him a little bit earlier, Mister Durham Smythe, tight end out of Notre Dame. Now a little bit of a different guy than Mike Gesicki, in that Mike Gesicki was the offensive weapon. Durham Smythe was brought in to be much more of the blocking tight end, the guy that when you have your jumbo goal line is sitting there and basically acting as a, a another offensive tackle. And yes, he can catch the ball if you absolutely need him to, but he wasn't ever going to be the number one target for Ryan Tannehill or, or anybody, quite frankly. So uh, what are your thoughts on Durham Smythe, uh, his rookie season with the Miami Dolphins at a round four at a Notre Dame? Uh, considering where he was drafted, I'll say a boom, just because okay. he did exactly what we thought he was going to do. He was, he's going to block. He surprised some people with some catches, uh, yep. and, and really just, he didn't do anything wrong. So I'm not going to say he's a bust, but, uh, he's definitely that guy, that Anthony Fasano type that's going to be there to, uh, like you said, uh, jumbo formation, or if we really need to set up a play action and he needs to stay in and block, he'll do it. But he'll also surprise some people. Uh, especially with O'Shea, I think, with the Patriots always finding a new guy every week uh, who's going to be the star to kind of like make sure the defense doesn't take him away. I could see him having a few good games, but as far as his rookie season, I'd say boom. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're going boom or bust, I guess I'm going to lean a little bit more towards the boom. He did play in 15 games. He started two of them. He only had six receptions for 50 yards. I mean, the guy really didn't do that much. He had a long of 21 Um 
you know, there wasn't a lot, but that's not his role. You know, if you look at his role, his role was to be that blocking tight end. He was, I mean, he was like fifth on the depth chart, Chris. He wasn't supposed to get a lot of stats. He's kind of more of a, hey, you know, back end fill in and and kind of stash him for a couple of years, let him develop and see if he's got some hands so you can use him down the road. Uh, so with regards to that, I'll call him a boom because he didn't, like you said, I don't, I don't remember him standing out for anything negative. And uh, we knew what he was when we got him, which I think is the point of this is that we all kind of knew what Mike Kosicki was supposed to be his rookie year, and we kind of know what Durham Smythe was supposed to be his rookie year. And um, un- unfortunately, Mike didn't seem to live up to that, at least not as far as I'm concerned, but I think Durham did. So uh, I- I'm-, I'm fine giving him to be a boom. Given-, given the options of boom or bust, yeah, boom, is, uh, boom has got to be the choice for him. Yeah, now speaking of uh, round four, we had two draft picks in round four of the 2018 draft here, Chris. And the second one being uh, pick 31, number 131 overall, eight picks after Durham Smythe. This was Kalen Balage, running back out of Arizona State. Uh, now, uh, I think everybody who follows us on Twitter knows that Kalen Balage uh, <laughs> is uh, a, a favorite of ours, right? We both love Kalen Balage. I think he's... Uh, He's an untapped talent here for the Miami Dolphins. I think he has a little bit of a brain fart here, there, and everywhere. But uh, 12 games, he played in 12 games. He didn't start um, start off his rookie season um, playing a lot, but uh, he got into the lineup about a quarter of the way through. He had 36 rushes for 191 yards, which is good for 5.3 yards per average. He did have a touchdown on a long of 75 yards. Uh, he did get nine receptions on 11 targets for 56 yards uh, with a long of 31. So he did a little bit of running, did a little bit of catching. Um, he he came he came, came on late is probably the best way. But what say you, Chris? Boom or bust, Kalen Balazs? I'm going to say boom just because of what he did when he got the opportunity. So mm-hmm. Adam Gase, I, I, I feel... I don't know if it was the you know, work ethic or what happened. Well, he wasn't getting in the game. Obviously, he's in a deep room with Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore, Hall of Famer, in front of you, and you're a rookie. But uh, this guy can play. This guy can play football, man. Like when he got on the field, we liked him. Like you said, uh, coming out of Arizona State, uh, he's tall, he's big, he's fast, he's strong. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's absolute proof that running back is a dime a, dime a dozen. Like, uh, these people want to spend money on Le'Veon Bell or want to do anything like that. No. Um, I think the Steelers proved it with, um, you know, Connor uh, being the backup for the Steelers and the offensive line that he had. You know, think about what Drake and Balage and Frank Gore did with our offensive line patched together three backups, basically, with Sitton getting hurt and Kilgore getting hurt. Um, Jesse Davis is out there running around as our starting guard. Um, and these guys still put up some good numbers, and Kalen Balaj is no different. He was he he was fantastic when he got the opportunities. Um, he he made blocks when he needed to. He caught the ball to the backfield. He ran hard, ran fast. Uh, is a late round pick, mid round pick, out of Arizona State in an already deep running back team. Uh, I would say, given the options, he was a boom. Kalen no, Balaj I- did well. I agree. I think he's a boom. If you redraft the 2018 draft, he's not going at the end of round four. He's going well before then. Absolutely right. Um, and, and in that regard, he is an absolute boom, especially late. I mean, he what he does do is um, he, he gives you confidence that you have 
depth at the running back position beyond your 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 starter, right? I mean, he's a guy that you go, okay, yeah, maybe he was fourth on the depth chart at the beginning of his rookie season. He's probably second on that depth chart now. He's going to have some plays that are designed for him. He's going to be a guy that the Miami Dolphins rely on going into the 2019 season. So for those reasons and more, um, I agree with you. He's a boom. Uh, he's got a lot of potential. He's nowhere near his ceiling at this point. Uh, but what he did do his rookie season was contribute in a positive way for the Miami Dolphins. And for that and other reasons, he is a boom uh, in my book as well. Uh, all right, moving on to round six, which was the next pick after Kalen Balazs. Actually, was a compensatory selection there, Chris. Uh, pick number 35 of round six, number 209 overall. Uh, Cornell Armstrong, cornerback out of Southern Miss. Now, I remember when he actually was drafted, Chris. This was a little bit of a head-scratcher for you and I. It was the first time that somebody who wasn't a part of the Power 5 divisions was drafted by the Miami Dolphins in the Adam Gase era. Uh, He played in 15 games, did not start any of them. Uh, I think he had eight tackles. They're all solo. No uh, no assists, no tackles for loss. Uh, More of a special teams guy. He wasn't really doing much with regards to defense. Um, Boomer bust. Cornell Armstrong. Oh, this is where this game gets tough because um, you don't expect much from a six-round six pick. Yes. A six-round pick out of SMU. Uh, is that right? Or did you say Southern um, Memphis? Oh, I already forgot. No, he yeah. – uh, Southern <laughs> I think Miss. It's, Southern Miss. Okay, yeah, Southern Mississippi. I mean, there's just – there's not much you expect from this guy, but to do what he did, 15 games, play some special teams. There's times he, he played on our starting defense with injuries and uh, things like that from Xavier and Howard, and they mix things up. Um, uh, giving the circumstances where he was drafted, what he actually did, um, I, I would say he's a he's a boom. I mean, he didn't uh, he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, there's nothing I could say that he busted. It's, uh, he he missed some plays and gave up some some deep balls or things like that. But I feel like he was in position where he shouldn't have been this early in his career drafted this late, uh, but injuries forced him out there. And I just honestly think that um, he didn't do too bad, but um, I'm definitely not hoping to see him much on our defense next year. If that's uh, any indication of how I feel. Yeah, you're too nice, and I don't know why you're too nice. He's a bust. He's he's a bust. He didn't do what he was supposed to do, which wasn't uh, supposed to be a lot. But even on those standards, yeah, I was kind of looking at him like, he does not need to be on the field right now. And if that's the feeling that I have, then I can't in good conscience call him a boom. Uh, very little was expected of him, and very little was what we got, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, now, that doesn't mean, again, that he is a guy that I want to get rid of on this team. It just means his rookie season was not as fruitful as maybe he would like or the Miami Dolphins would like or what I liked as as, as a Dolphin. So I'm going to go with Bust with Cornell Armstrong. Uh, again, with the caveat, he was never supposed to do much. So him being out there uh, means we were probably hurting for talent. But uh, he didn't really show me much when he was called on. And like you said, uh, a lot of receivers were catching balls on him. So uh, I'm going to go Bust with Cornell Armstrong. Uh, round 6, pick 35. Well, Browns. and I gotta say, more along the lines of I know we're, we're this isn't a rookie, but God, how bad did Cordea Tankersley fell off to where Armstrong's starting over him and he's active over him, and he, this guy's inactive, healthy scratch most of the year. I mean, he went from starting to out of the fucking woodwork on our roster, and I don't know if it's an Adam Gase thing, and maybe we'll get something more out of him with Brian Flores, but man, what talk about a drop off right there? Yeah, I mean, Tankersley was uh, was the biggest head, head scratcher that I could think of because he was a guy who his rookie season, I would have said, was a, was a boom. 
Um, you know, if we're going back two years, I was like, hey, Cordae Tankersley, he's he's a boom. He's he's a guy that we want um, and that we're going to rely on going forward. But uh, he was not that guy uh, in this past year, and who knows why that was. Oh, maybe he can turn it around, but uh, – Man, uh, you're right. He he just was not the guy for us. And and uh, when you can't rely on your on your high round picks from the year before, then you start relying on your low round picks from this year in uh, Corner Armstrong, and you get the results that you got. So, uh, all right, moving on from Corner Armstrong, this got depressing really quick, Chris. We went from boom, boom, <laughs> boom to all of a sudden Cordae. Welcome to being a Miami Armstrong. Dolphins fan. <laughs> My God, I mean, we can go back to talking about the hot tub here. Um, Brown seven, pick number nine, number two twenty seven overall. Uh, your friend and mine, Quentin Poling, linebacker out of Ohio, not Ohio State, but just regular old Ohio. Um, let me read off his stats here for you, here, Chris. <laughs> And what you are hearing are crickets because Quentin Poling had zero stats for his rookie season because the the poor bastard got hurt, you know, and that's, again, uh, unfortunate. But uh, no tackles, no sacks, no forced fumbles, no interceptions, no tackles for loss. Uh, Number 51 for the Miami Dolphins, seventh-round pick out of Ohio, Quentin Poling. Boom or bust, Chris? Bust. That's it. (laughs) Move on. It's not a look. We spent more time talking about Quentin Poling right now than Quentin Poling spent playing for the Miami Dolphins. It's I like the season. guy. He's a nice guy. We like yeah. him on social media, but he, he did nothing. He, he's a complete bust and total bust. Yeah, so yeah. That's it. We're, we're sorry. Like, I feel bad for that one because I think he listens to the show. I'm like, sorry, Quentin. But yeah, you're busted out on this one. I'm sorry. So I hope you come hey, back. And, yeah, you, come back and kill it, man. Yeah, uh, then, we'll be your biggest. We're your biggest fans. Just the, it, the game rules state that we have to name one. And uh, boom, it was not my friend. Yeah, the only boom that happened was the explosion in your knee when you went down Yikes. on injury, but that's about it. That's the only boom happening with that pick. All right, round seven, the last draft pick of the 2018 draft. And uh, it's kind of funny the way these things bookmark out, man, because uh, this poor bastard took more shit from you and I over the last training camp draft period. Uh, pick number 11 at around seven, number 229 overall. Uh, affectionately known as kicker number one by both Chris Cullen and Sam Marcoux. Uh, I think he's earned his name, Mr. Jason Sanders, kicker out of New Mexico, uh, won a grueling battle, and I mean that against Greg Joseph in the uh, training camp and um, preseason, and goes on to not only play in all 16 games for the Miami Dolphins, but kicks 18 out of 20, good for 90% uh, accuracy. 35 out of 36 on his extra points, 97.2% accuracy. Uh, What are your thoughts on Jason Sanders, kicker number one, boom or bust? Sam, this goes beyond boom or bust. Jason Sanders, I owe you an apology. Uh Uh-oh. You were fantastic. Uh, I never wavered in my... Uh, thoughts or fears. If every time you came onto the field to kick a field goal, I knew it was gold. Ninety percent. Your extra points were great. Your kickoffs were fantastic. Jason, I'm sorry. You deserve better than this. You deserve better than me and Sam uh, doing the whole Dr. Seuss thing where you're kicker one or kicker two. <laughs> you deserve a name. You deserve to be your own man. And Cody Parkey gets some love around here. Yeah, he's a Jupiter juggernaut, and he's a big Dolphins fan. But Jason Sanders, you're the real man, and you're a great kicker. And you're a seventh-round pick. I'm going to tell you right fucking now, you're a boom with all capital letters, motherfucker. Jason Sanders, 
Thank you for your service. We can't wait to see you be our kicker for the next five years plus. Jason Sanders, everybody. The name, the man, the myth, the legend. Seventh round pick. Boom, baby. Boom. Call him Boom Boom Mancini because he is a boom on my end as well. Like you talked about the Jupiter juggernaut of Cody Parker. Parky, this is the New Mexico Marauder because this guy, again, 90%. If you can have a kicker kick 90%, I know he only attempted 20 field goals, but that was the Miami Dolphins. I mean, that was our entire offense. Uh, he only had one from 50-plus yards, and he nailed it. Uh, everything that was close range that was automatic, he nailed. 20 to 29 yards, 7 for 7. 30 from 39 yards, 3 of 3. 40 of 49, those are not gimmies. He went seven of nine. So the guy knows what he's doing. He only missed the one extra point. We can handle that. We can take that. Um, I agree, man, 100%. I, I, was, I was not sure if Jason Sanders or Greg jo- Joseph should have been our kicker this year. Uh, one was a seventh-round draft pick. The other was an undrafted free agent. We went with the draft capital here and went Jason Sanders. And kudos to Darren Rizzi and everyone else involved with that decision because Jason Sanders, I think, has solidified the kicking game for the Miami Dolphins at least for the next couple of years. Uh, Jason Sanders, as Chris said, and as I'm about to say, and on behalf of all the citizens of Perfectville that ever made fun of kicker number one, we're sorry. Big boom. Absolutely. And Greg Joseph was fucking dog shit for the Browns, by the way. So Jason Sanders, again, God damn it. I don't take this guy out for a beer. Uh, I feel bad. I feel bad. We, we are pretty like, who is this guy? And he ended up being, I uh, put it this way, Brian Flores and the new ownership, Chris Greer, have his pitcher up in the team facility. He, they took down Ryan Tannehill. They took down other players that are off this team. But God damn it, Jason Sanders is on the fucking mural. He is on the wall. He is a dolphin. Yeah, he is. And you know what? Uh, comparing him to Greg Joseph, Greg Joseph kicked 17 of 20 field goals, so 85%. Not bad, not bad, but he did miss one from 50-plus, and he missed two from 40 to 49. But here's the real kicker, pun intended. Extra points, Greg Joseph made 25 of them on 29 attempts. You can't have a, you can't miss four Ow. extra points when you've only had 29 touchdowns. Yeah, that's like a three-inch putt. You can't miss that. It's no. ridiculous. No, so this you is where one Jason Sanders He's Mr. Consistent, right? He doesn't get a lot of opportunities, but he makes the most of those opportunities. So uh, I agree. I think this is uh, it's interesting how Mika Fitzpatrick lived up to all the hype as the number one overall pick for the Miami Dolphins in 2018. And Jason Sanders uh, really just, uh, for lack of a better term, outkicked the coverage uh, as the last pick as Mr. Irrelevant for the Miami Dolphins draft of 2018. Both of those guys, I think, were probably the shining stars of the, of the draft overall, Mika Fitzpatrick and Jason Sanders. So uh, everything else in between a little bit of a mixed bag as far as I'm concerned and Chris is concerned but uh, we bookended this thing Mika Fitzpatrick Jason Sanders big ass booms as far as I'm concerned <laughs> big ass booms and Jerome Baker I want to take them all to lunch those guys are going to be why don't why don't you take Jerome Baker and Mika Fitzpatrick to lunch and I'm going to take the kicker who's a little bit smaller to lunch because I think that would uh, that would that would cost a lot of money to have to take Jerome Baker and Mika Fitzpatrick to lunch. But uh, no, my sentiments exactly though. I think uh, all three of those guys. And you know what? If you can get three guys that are booms, just like flat out booms on their rookie season, that's not a bad draft. No, in my opinion. And, there, and there's a lot of question marks and asterisks with the other guys too. Like Gasecki could absolutely be yep. the guy we needed, uh, as well as um, uh, even uh, Poling and, and Armstrong. <laughs> so we'll see. And Kalen Balaj too. He, and he's hanging out oh, there. there and 
and you know he could be the guy that we let you know Frank Gore is not going to be playing forever and Kenny on Drake is uh, very much uh, who he is but it, him pairing him with Kalen Balaj for the future could be like our, our next big thing so yeah a good draft by Chris Greer and uh, and, and Tannenbaum so far after one season. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give credit to Chris Greer. Mike Tannenbaum can uh, eat my ass as far as I'm concerned. I don't think he had anything to do with this draft. Um, all right, well, speaking of the draft, we do know that at some point the Miami Dolphins most likely will be using a draft pick on a quarterback, whether that's in the first round with Kyler Murray or somebody else or later on as a project QB. But we also know that if that happens, they're going to have to pair that quarterback with a journeyman somewhere, something Mm. that people call a Band-Aid, if you will, because they're going to be on there and try to heal for just a little bit, and then eventually you're going to rip that Band-Aid off and just throw it away, which is what we're going to be doing with a veteran quarterback here for at least 2019, if not 2020 as well. So Chris and I got to thinking. We started talking about a couple of names that could be that Band-Aid. We've mentioned a few of them on the air. Now, one of the candidates, Joe Flacco, has actually been traded, so he's no longer a Band-Aid that the Miami Dolphins could have, uh, but there's plenty of options out there. So Chris and I came up with a little game show that you, yes, you, the citizens of Perfectville, can play as well, and we call it Name Name, That 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 Band-Aid. And here's how it's going to work here, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Cullen is going to lead, uh, just going to lead this discussion. He's going to pick somebody. He's, he's talking about a Band-Aid quarterback that's out there. He's going to start giving off some stats, give off some, you know, w- oh, by the way, type uh, trivia information about this Band-Aid. And you at home, it's almost like name that tune. You're going to try to figure out who this quarterback is that he's talking about that could be a potential Band-Aid for the Miami Dolphins in 2019. Uh, Chris, are you ready? I'm ready, sir. I'm excited because I don't know who this is, so I'm going to be playing along with the citizens here. So why don't you, uh, why don't you help us name, name that, that band aid? All right, Sam, name that band aid. I was born November 1992. Ooh, I'm okay. not old. Not at all. No, that's a, that's a younger. That is a younger band aid that's still got some glue that will stick to the skin there. Okay, got it. All right. I am over six foot two in height. So, so this is the anti Kyler Murray crowd right here. He's uh, six foot two plus, and he's a younger quarterback at this point. This is what we know about the Band Aid. As of now, I've played for three teams. I think I know who it is. I have a guess, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on right now. But I have a guess <laughs> based on that piece of information. I think some citizens are probably jumping on board as well. Keep on going, Chris. Well, my numbers are very much stoic. And you would call them average. There was a lot of hype behind me, and I did go to a Pro Bowl. However, an injury caused a very big distraction in the um, route of my career. Interesting. So now I'm a little bit shaky on who I thought it was going to be. So we got a guy who went to the Pro Bowl. We've got a guy who's played for three different teams at this point. He is a younger guy. And what else do we know about? Last thing I'll give you is I was a first-round pick within the last five years. Wow. Okay, so we have a first-round pick. So this is a guy who at some point somebody thought was going to be a franchise quarterback. Uh, born in 1992, has played for three different teams, went to a Pro Bowl, um, and I and I and I am not sure that I know who it is anymore. So let me Ooh. let me put let me put this together now. So we've got we've got a first round pick, 
We have, in the last five years, we have born in 1992. He's played for three different teams. He went to a Pro Bowl. Anybody out there know? Uh, there's a few people yelling at their uh, at their podcast <laughs> yes, machines right now, <laughs> and I'm probably going to be kicking myself. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bail on this and say I think he stumped me right out of the gate here. I don't know who this is. Ooh, all right. So the guy that I think is a very good possibility to be the Miami Dolphins quarterback in 2019 is Miami Northwestern's own and Louisville's quarterback Teddy. Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Ah, yes, yes. There you go. So he's played for the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings. He was with the New Orleans Saints and uh, what the New Jets? York Jets. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. yeah. So those are your three teams. Um, he did go to a Pro Bowl. He was a first round pick. That is a good one. I I'm actually really mad at myself for not getting that because uh, uh, that was a guy that I think a lot of us had had pegged maybe last year and maybe even this year on this podcast as maybe a potential you know, band-aid for the Miami Dolphins. So well done. Well done. Teddy Bridgewater. What are your thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater? Would you like to see Teddy Bridgewater with the Miami Dolphins in 2019, Chris? Yeah, I would. You know why? Because um, like you said, if we draft somebody, he's going to be that band-aid. That's what this whole thing is about. Um, He comes home. He's from Miami. The Hurricanes should have never left him, uh, let him leave. He goes to Louisville instead of, you know, playing for his hometown team. He literally replaced Ja'Cory Harris at Miami Northwestern High School, where he should have also replaced Ja'Cory Harris at University of Miami. Instead, he goes to Louisville. Bad recruiting on their part. Uh, great player. Minnesota thought he was the future uh, before he had a just – unfortunate horrible knee injury right. uh, that that some people thought he would never come back from there's even rumors of him having his leg amputated mm. uh when it happened and here he is back again he's on the saints playing behind drew Brees, playing with sean payton would i like to see him under center and maybe causing some trouble and playing quarterback for us absolutely because he can make things happen he's not that standalone stone foot quarterback in the in the pocket he, he it would be a second chance for him it would be either boom or it a bust going back on what we were just doing with our rookies and if it booms great if it busts we get a top pick in the 2020 draft with every quarterback you can imagine from from to tua uh and then the next year with uh uh lawrence from clemson i mean like there's no wrong answer here why not let him just go out there and see what he can do career 64.6 percent uh completion percentage 29 touchdowns over 23 interceptions that's good for a career rating uh qb rating of 85.9 not bad that is not a bad band-aid and i believe he's also a free agent so he doesn't cost you anything to get him to the miami dolphins other than money which you're going to have to pay for any quarterback regardless of whether you draft trade or pick up off the scrap heap so uh i, I like the fact that the compensation is basically next to nothing other than money right. you can probably get him on a one-year deal you come you have come in and say, look, you are the default veteran QB Band-Aid. You will be here as long as we need you to be until a quarterback proves that they can rip off that Band-Aid and that that scab is now, you know, healed. So uh, not a bad choice to throw in there. So, so far this year, the Band-Aids that you and I have talked about, we've got Teddy Bridgewater. We have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right, we talked about him on the last episode. Him and uh, Mika going out at halftime and doing a Fitz Magic show for everybody. Um, we've talked a little bit about um, uh, Boy Wonder up there out of Philadelphia, whose name is uh, 
Nick escaping Foles. me right now, Nick Foles. But Nick Foles is going to need a lot of money, and he's going to want a guarantee of being a starter for probably many years, as much as you can make a guarantee for something like that. So we've, we've talked about Nick Foles. We've talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick. We've talked about Teddy Bridgewater. Right now, those are the Band-Aids in our medicine cabinet right now that we are kicking around here at the Welcome to Perfectville Studios. Uh, good one, Chris. I like that. That was uh, that was fun. How'd that feel? Did you feel good? Yeah, I like that a lot. He's a Miami good. guy. I like him. I like watching him play college ball. And uh, be, he, I liked him in Minnesota. Like he, he did some good things. And he has like four or five hundred yards rushing too. So you know he can do some things, make a defense think about it. And um, yeah, he's a good first band aid of the of the week for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree with that. Plus, I got a good friend who is a Minnesota Vikings fanatic, and uh, he's an annoying fan that every time the Dolphins do anything <laughs> wrong, he he likes to rub it in my face. So if we could get Teddy Bridgewater to the Miami Dolphins and have him actually have some success, it'd be fun to go ahead and uh, turn that around back on him. So Teddy Bridgewater, nice. uh, that's a good one. That's a good good entry into the Name That Band-Aid catalog there so well chris we talked about the 2018 draft we uh we talked about my my fun hot tub excursion we talked about the band-aid of the week with teddy bridgewater i think we both like that option um for a short-term you know short-term band-aid as you will um anything else you want to talk about here before we get out of here that's it buddy go apollos go orlando apollos and all of you go home because this is the end of your journey to Perfectville, and with nothing else to say, on behalf of Chris Cullen, Sam Marcoux, the entire Welcome to Perfectville podcast team as part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.